Okay, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Our memory verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2. At the end of 2015, we looked at these verses in depth and we're continuing to look at them, particularly verse 2, step by step, not in a rush. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for our time of worship so far. And and now as we turn our attention uh, to Your truth, Lord, uh, You say that the Holy Spirit is a Spirit of truth and that we are sanctified by Your truth. And so, Lord, uh, now, uh, through Your Spirit, bring understanding, illumination, an application. Father, I thank You so much for uh, the real growth, supernatural transformations that we have seen in our days and weeks and years together as people have uh, fallen in love with Your Word, have uh, studied Your Scripture, and then uh, by faith obeyed it. And, and Jesus, You say, if You love Me, You'll, you'll obey Me. And, and we know that that's Lord, a work of the Spirit in the power of the Spirit. So, Father, now, as we look once again into your word, speak specifically to, to us in our walk with you uh, individually and even collectively as a church. And we'll give you the glory. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are together understanding more clearly God's vision for you and me as one of His disciples, right? And that word, be transformed, means, what's the M word we've been talking about? Meta, metamorphosis, right? Metamorphosis. That when you and I put our faith in Christ, He doesn't call us just to be good and happy. Right? That Christianity, our faith, is so much more than, okay, Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer. Now I want you to clean up my life and make me good and happy. And I'm just going to be a better moral person than I was before. I'm now church going. I may own a Bible now. I pray a little bit more. So, so I'm good and happy. No, no, no. These verses are telling us that, that as believers, as followers of Christ, He has a supernatural desire for you. Everyone say supernatural. Supernatural. It's, it, it, it's not something that is man contrived and, and man created, it literally is us participating in a supernatural event. And, and you're like, well, how come we don't hear much about that? Because Partly is because we don't <laughs> spend the time to really understand God's Word. It is supernatural. The birth of Jesus Christ, God coming to this planet in human form, was supernatural. Amen? It was supernatural. Christmas was a celebration of a supernatural event. In a few months, we're going to celebrate Easter, which is what? A supernatural event. Your daily walk and my daily walk with Jesus is designed by Him to be what? Supernatural. In fact, a supernatural truth is that we are indwelt by who? Is that natural or supernatural? So, if the Bible says we've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness, indwelt by the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, why isn't that translating into our life? Why, why do we often say, Lord, we wake up and we say, oh, Lord, just help me make it through another day. And in many ways, we walk and talk and act like Natural people, not citizens of heaven, not, not children of God, right? And that's where this process of metamorphosis, primarily through the renewing of our mind, 
through scriptural truth about you and me as believers. We've got to get it from here to here so that we can get it out here to how we live. Our attitudes, our words, our thoughts, our habits. That's where the supernatural metamorphosis happens, right? And the word picture you've seen since December is this picture right here. This is metamorphosis. This is metamorphosis. And we, many of you who have been with us for weeks I now understand this more clearly. God, when you put your faith in Jesus, He doesn't call you to be the best caterpillar you can be. When you put your faith in Jesus and are adopted into the family of God, you begin a, a process of transformation to become something completely different. Amen? Do you catch it? That's the vision. That's the process. And yet many of us, maybe through tradition or, or incomplete teaching, thought that when I come to Jesus, a Christian is to just be the best caterpillar I can be. I'm not as bad of a caterpillar. I don't do all the bad stuff. But you, you've not broadened your vision to understand God's vision for you. God's vision for you. And I love this because there's steps. And that's called sanctification. And it's lifetime. It's lifetime. It's a process. Ever, anyone here ever take two steps forward and one step back? All, all the time. Ever, anyone stuck in reverse? <laughs> right? Right? It, it's a process, you know. It's like kind of like playing the stock market. You go up and there's dips, right? Except the stock market this year. You, you, know, you don't want to start there. It's a process. It's a process of metamorphosis. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be transformed. By God, you work with God. It's a command where He does the transforming as you work with Him. It's, it's continuous. It's a continuous process. And He says, by the renewing of your mind. So if, if you're like, I would love to be that. How many of you want to be all that God wants you to be? All that God rebirthed you to be? Well, you say, well, well how does that happen? Well, look at Romans 12 too. He tells you. He tells you. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. See, sometimes we overcomplicate it. Well, to, to be a Christian, I got a pastor says I have to go to church. Pastor says I have to serve. Pastor says I have to give. Pastor says I should go with Mark to Haiti. You know what I mean? All this stuff. And we, all of a sudden we, get, we think that doing is transfer. No. Primarily, the doing comes out of your relationship. I'm not saying that that's not important. But look what he says. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So if you want to be transformed, what should be your and mine primary focus? What? The renewing of your mind. God promises, His truth is, I will transform you as your mind is what? Renewed. We're going to look at that word renewed in the weeks ahead, but one, one word picture, mental revolution. It's a brand new mind. In fact, the Bible says you've been given the mind of Christ. Supernatural again. Supernatural. When you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you and I have been given the mind of Christ, which means we are now able to understand spiritual things. Was there ever a time in your life when someone tried to share the gospel with you and you said, huh? That's kind of silly. I don't get that. Anyone? You ever been at that time where, where before you became a believer, people tried to share their faith and you were just, it just was like the Bible says foolishness to you. So why do you get it now? Because you have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Supernatural! Take this the right way. Sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. God does supernatural things in you, to, especially to understand this, and to renew your mind so He can continue to do supernatural things in you. Amen? That's the journey we're on together. That's why Wednesday nights, that's why serving at the shelter, all of that is used in the transformation process. That's what it is. So if you look at your notes, last week we looked at three, if it's about renewing the mind, we looked at three what I call roadblocks on the front end that may hinder, may wonder why you're stalled out while you're stuck in a ditch, whatever you want to call it, about renewing your mind. What are some things in your mind your focus is off that, that you know, let's just address it. Let's just be honest on the front end of the year. The church at Ephesus, their focus was on what I call churchiness. Hey, you guys do a great service. You're orthodox. You call out false teachers. But that's your focus of your mind. You're so focused on doing it right and being right, you left Jesus. So is the focus on our mind, your mind, on doing this right? 
unorthodoxy? And have we lost our focus on loving God first? That's what we looked at last week, right? Second one, church at Laodicea, one of the wealthiest cities at that time. He says, hey, you guys, you're materially comfortable. They were, li- they were at the crossroads of two trade routes. This church could have been in Ojai because of the material comfort. And he called them out there. He said, hey, your material comfort has shifted your focus to me and my comfort and my material wealth, and you're spiritually complacent. In fact, he was pretty brutal, right? Blind, naked. He said, Jesus said, hey, where's your focus? Hey, church at Laodicea, where's your focus? Are you now focused on, on just comfort at the material level? See, if your focus there, if your mind is there, it's going to affect the transformation. It's going to affect the transformation. In both cases, he says repent. And in December, what did we look at? Biblical repentance is simply a change of mind. Sometimes we make repentance this really heavy word, and, it, and there's significance to it. But to repent is simply to what? Change your mind. Change your mind. It's part of the renewing process. So he tells the church at Ephesus, hey, change your mind about who you're really loving. He tells the church at Laodicea, hey, change your mind about your material comfort versus your spiritual complacency. Change your mind about that. And then we saw the guy at the well, right? An invalid. Been there for not only been an invalid for 38 years. There's a tradition where all these invalid and people with different ailments are surrounding this pool, right? They're all on these colonnades. And the tradition is when the water is stirred, there's kind of this race. And the first one that touches the water gets miraculously healed, right? And we saw last week there's a guy who's been an invalid for 38 years, been stuck, been suffering for a long time. Jesus comes to him and says, hey, you want to get well? And instead of saying yes, what does he do? Oh, every time the water stirs, I don't have anyone to bring me there. Oh, what is he focused on? Circumstances. Circumstances. He didn't even answer the question. Jesus offers him a supernatural event, and all he can do is speak about the circumstances and his discouragement, and why he can never, and why it's hopeless, and why, and why, and why. See, his focus in his mind was all on himself and circumstance. So I share that with you to kind of catch us up as we begin 2016. I would guess that almost all of you, if I asked how many of you want to be transformed, because we asked this at men's group last Sunday, all the hands went up. And I'm guessing if I surveyed you, Okay, I don't deny that. But if it's by the renewing of your mind, let's get real. Let's get practical. So we're gonna, that, that's what these are. Let's check ourselves. Well, I want to, but what's the, what, if it's by the renewing of our mind, let's be honest. What is our mind really focused on? What is it really focused on? Right? And if you see your notes there, we're going to be looking at Matthew 16. And today we're going to touch on one that, that we all deal with. Control. Control. Anyone ever say to you, hey man, you got control issues? Anyone hear that? Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> right? Or remember that show, some of you remember show, Who's the Boss? Right? You remember all those? Right? So if we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, today I believe God's going to challenge all of us, and I have been challenged. Ah, ask these guys, even the last 24 hours. Who's in control? Who's in charge? If you want to be transformed, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to make a choice. And uh, I wanted to start, because it, it's, kind of it's a real issue, but it's, it can be really heavy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be there. So we're going to start with a little video clip that many of you have seen. And the question is, who's on the throne? All right. Turn to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. If we desire to be transformed, we are going to be challenged with who is on the throne, who's sitting on the stool, who's got control. Right? And we're going to look at a 
conversation that uh, Jesus has with Peter, right? Uh, Let's start in Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. So you see in this first passage, they have this, they're just walking along. Jesus asked his, his boys, hey, what are they saying about me? Peter gives the answer, right? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And look what Jesus, he gets a commendation. Hey, Peter, way to go. Woohoo! This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And on that truth that I am the Christ, right? The Son of the living God, I'm going to build whose church? My church upon the truth of who Jesus is. I'm going to build my church. So, you know, Peter's, Peter must have been feeling really good. Peter had a breakthrough moment, a supernatural revelation of Jesus came from the Father. Peter says it, and Jesus goes, Woohoo! Let it go, Peter! And by the way, on that truth of who I am, I'm going to build my church. Okay? Let's keep reading, though. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned uh, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Remember you said, many of us said we've taken two steps forward and one step back. Peter just experienced that. See, in the first passage, Jesus asked a question. God reveals it to Peter. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Woohoo! A couple steps forward. In the next instant, Jesus, look what it says here. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he what? Must. Everyone say must. Okay, this is Jesus, Christ, the Son of the living God, that Peter just said. The Christ, the anointed one, the Son of the living God, is telling Peter and the other guys what must happen. This is the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And then it says here, he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and then he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He's just saying, hey guys, I'm going to tell you for your benefit what God's plan is that I must follow. Okay? Look what happens though. Here's the control issue. Here's the who's in charge. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. This is what happens. Let me, let me, you know, because sometimes we don't get it. Come here, Jesus. So this is, this is, this is kind of what happens, right? So, so, good moment. I'm Peter. He says, hey, way, to go, Peter. way to go, Peter. Right? And by the way, Peter, here's what's going to happen. So he tells me, and this is, this is when that word rebuke, this is what happens. Come here. <laughs> Jesus. What are you talking about? Get behind me. <laughs> do, you, do you see? He, he, he takes Jesus. Never, Lord. This is never going to happen to you. What's wrong with that phrase, never, Lord? <laughs> Who's on the throne? Thank you. I oh, just hurt your shoulder. <laughs> he says, never, I've said that. Oh, God, you can't mean that. Really, God? 
Peter, maybe out of that after that last uh, way to go, maybe he got a little full of himself. I don't know. Maybe he started, you know, I'm large and in charge. In fact, I'm so large and in charge, I can rebuke Jesus now. Never, Lord. Who's Lord? Because if he's Lord, what's, what's really the only answer? Yes, Lord. Now, you can be honest and say, Lord, this is uncomfortable, Lord. And we're going to see Jesus said, nevertheless, right? He doesn't call us to be robotic. He understands. Him. But if, when push comes to shove, if it's the Lord's will, what do we say? Yes. Okay. We submit because he's in charge. Remember last year, if you've been with us, uh, we, we talk about covenant. And Jesus says this is the new covenant. When you become a believer, okay, you enter into a covenant relationship with God. Okay, the, the, the word picture is, would be marriage, right? But here's the thing. Covenant, that word is very important. It's, it's called, in, in the original language, diatheki. Diatheki covenant is a, is a covenant, an agreement made between a greater to a lesser. A diatheki covenant is the greater sets the terms and the lesser can only accept or reject. There's not negotiation. That's the covenant that God establishes with us. For instance, here it is. We all love John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That's diatheki. God the greater is setting His terms for salvation. Amen? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. God the greater has said, here is the terms if you want to be in covenant with me. Receive Jesus Christ by faith. That's a diatheki covenant. When you enter into that covenant, it's still diatheki. He's still greater. What has happened in the church is we've kind of lost sight of that. And now Jesus, Jesus, he's my buddy. He's just my buddy. He's my, and he, and, right? And Jesus talks about being brothers. And, it, and it, 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 it's important that we don't lose the familial, but we, we, the church has kind of watered down the diatheki part, the Lord part. And now Jesus is just my friend and my buddy. And he understands me. And he knows it's just me. And we kind of use that as a justification not to be transformed. Thank you, buddy. Right? <laughs> and, and that diatheki, if, if people are taught that biblically at the front end of their relationship with Christ, boy, it would save a lot of time. Because the walk of faith is a walk of yieldedness. Right? Because look at what Jesus says right after this engagement with Peter. He says, Get behind me, Satan. Pretty powerful correction right there. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Right? We talk about renewing our mind. Look at what he says in verse 24. Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and do what? Follow me. It's diatheki. Jesus reaffirms it in verse 24. Let me just reframe this, Peter, because you got a little too big in your britches. Let me, just, let me just realign the planets here. If you're going to come after me, here's the terms. It was, it was a breaking moment. It was a calling out moment where Peter, okay, and I'm going to give him the credit, benefit of the doubt. He didn't want Jesus to suffer. What Jesus was saying was about to happen was unpleasant. So maybe with the best of intentions, Peter reared up in protectiveness and in love and said, no, 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 I don't want this to happen to you. I don't want this. No, never, Lord. I don't... But in, in, in his initial reaction, he missed the part about raised to life. See, sometimes God calls us by faith to honor him and to take steps of faith. And we know the end. But because we're so consumed with an initial reaction, an initial fear, an initial, but what, what if, Lord? What, how's that going to play out, Lord? We lose sight of the big picture. Anyone ever try to tell you something and you jump to conclusions before they're done? 
and they say to you, you didn't even let me finish. Right? I, I experienced that in the last 48 hours. Right? Sometimes our flesh, we hear something or, or we're get, sensing something, and all of a sudden, the person's lips are moving, but you're not hearing it anymore. Because then you just go inward. Well, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not the way I would do it. What are they thinking? Right? So Peter, because what Jesus was saying conflicted with his paradigm, his worldview, because the Jews had a very specific view of the Messiah. The Messiah was going to be what? A political ruler to set them free from Rome and set up an earthly kingdom. Jesus says, hey, way to go, Peter. I am the Messiah. And by the way, I'm going to be crucified and, <laughs> and I'm going to suffer. See, when he said that, Peter went to... Because he didn't hear the rest because it didn't jive with his view of the Messiah. See, if, if we're going to renew our minds, guys, many of us are going to be challenged with God's word not jiving with our expectations at the human level. Not jiving with how we would do it. Not jiving with our timeline initially. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where the control comes in. We're like, oh, right? Here's an example. Forgiveness. The earthly view of someone who's wronged you will hold a grudge. Get back to them, right? What does the Bible say about forgive? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh, never, Lord. I can't forgive her. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? The renewing of the mind taps and presses our control button. It's just a challenge. It's a, it's, it's a challenge. Peter had a great moment and then the next moment fell on his face because he was caught off guard by something Jesus said must happen and it just didn't jive with him initially. He just reacted in the flesh. He reacted in the flesh in his own understanding. What does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. But many of us, in this process of renewal, I'm just going to be honest with you, if you want to be transformed, and if it's by the renewing of your mind, you've got to be prepared to have some heart-to-hearts with Jesus. Really? But Lord, this person said this about me. This person has said this about me. This person has said this about me. I'm to forgive as you forgave? Really? I'll be honest with you. I had, that, I had that exact decision to make this week. Someone wanted to meet with me. And I said, sure. I had no clue why. Zero. I said, okay. I've known this person 15 years, 16 years, since we got here. So we meet in that building right over there. I still have no idea. Shake the hand. Have a seat. You sit down at the table that you're going to sit down at. This person says, well, I wanted to meet with you because I need to make it right. Okay? I've said things about you for years. I've had things against you. And I'm here to make it right. So if I've harmed you and your family, I'm just here to make it right. I had a choice. And this is what I did. Because I knew it was a choice. So I'm trying to digest all of it. Okay, okay. And I just did this. All right. Thank you. Let's move forward. didn't have to be real complex because I just knew what I was supposed to do. And we talked longer and, and it got fleshed out and, and it really ended really good. The old me? <laughs> we might still be talking over there. <laughs> might have needed a referee. <laughs> you know, little, you know, I, I don't know where the old me would have taken that. But I had to make a choice of whose mind I was going to have in this situation and through which lens I was going to process it and work it out. 
by faith. And, and, and I share that with you um, just trying to be real. And, and, you know, please don't fish for who it was and all that because that's just, I share that enough so you know I'm with you. I get that. It just happened to me Thursday. So it's real. I get it. I get it. And that's why we're together. That's why we're together. Because we all share that same struggle. If we're real and honest, man, I, I know what God's Word says, but, man, that's a hard one. Can you guys help me? I'm struggling with that. It's okay. The transformation process, the caterpillar doesn't really thrill because <laughs> the caterpillar goes away and becomes something completely new. Right? The caterpillar goes in the cocoon, the butterfly comes out. There's a process of death in there and renewal. Well, the process of renewing your mind, I, I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to be challenged. And, and a large part of it can come under this control and who's in charge. Because all your past experiences, your past habits, being large and in charge, how you would handle it, all come out. And there's a choice you have to make of yielding. Of yielding. Right? To the mind and the will of God as revealed in His Word. Okay? So I share that with you uh, as a way of... This is, I, I, we understand. God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, yeah. Okay. So as we move forward, just be aware of it. I almost share this with you because sometimes we're, we're struggling and we don't know why. So let's just call it what it is. It's a control. It's, you're stuck in your transformation. You're in neutral. You can't shift gears. You can't make progress because God's pointing things out in your life where you're, you're holding on. You're still behind the drivers. You're still steering. Right? Remember that, that uh, song, Jesus, Take the Wheel? Right? Oftentimes we wait till we're in crisis mode. Then we're like, ah, Jesus, take the wheel, take the wheel, take the wheel. Right? And then crisis mode gets over. We're like, boom, I got it. Right? I got it, Jesus. Get in the back seat. Crisis, Christ, Jesus, take the wheel, take the wheel. Right? Boom. Right? We all do that. We all do that. Okay? And so if we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, it's going to happen, guys, in your, in your personal life. It's going to happen in your family, God's will for your family. It's going to happen in your workplace, God's will for you as an employee, employer. It's going to happen in this church. What is God's will for this church? Right? And I love this because look at Matthew 16. What does Jesus say there? Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Whose church is it? Jesus, God's church. And the blueprint comes from who? God, right? This is that mug that I referred to you about when we first started. We did a series on what is the church, and Carl, I don't know if Carl's here. Carl has a great humor, great sense of humor. So we're talking about whose church is this. And so Carl makes me this mug. This is the Richie's church mug. Because over and over I said, please do not refer to this as Richie's church. It's not my church. And so Carl, of course, makes a mug and says, here you go. I keep this on my desk. You know why? To remind me that it's not. Right? Because the other side says Jesus in the middle and it's our vision statement. But even, at the, even as a, my calling as a shepherd and Bill and Tyler shepherds, we, we hold this church like it's, it's his church. And he built it in his time according to his plan. If you look in your bulletins there, we gave you a trifold. And I want to call your attention to it as a celebration of what God has done because we have been faithful to try to do our best to listen to him. If you're visiting, great day to be here. If you've been with us since day one at Cindy's, around Cindy's kitchen table, great day to be here. And anywhere in between. I look at this and I'm like, wow. Thank you, Lord, for building your church your way. Right? And this has our history in it where it says love God, love church, love our community and the world. That's our vision, purpose, statement. And then inside was just a snapshot. It's not all inclusive, so don't, you know, don't, oh, this isn't on there. We, you can't fit everything we do on here. That's the great, crazy thing, right? We need pages. 
This is a snapshot of God building His church all the way up until January 10th, 2016. Amen? In a few weeks, we're going to have an agape celebration with slides and potluck and everything to celebrate what God has done. What God has done. For those of you who don't know, we began right around, right a little before Christmas, 2009, uh, I was leaving community. God put on my heart a burden for some of our friends um, that weren't going anywhere else. And I contacted Cindy. said, hey, what about, what if we just do a Bible study? Let's just connect some people. So a little few weeks before Christmas, we, we met. And I think the first group fit around your dining table. And we made a choice then not to just say, us nine and we're fine. We just, the doors were open. Because they knew and I knew of other people that weren't necessarily going anywhere. And from that first day, our heart has been like this. And immediately, word got out. And people just started to come. And we moved from her dining table to her, what do you call it, rec room, den. And we had rows of chairs. And it'll be in the slideshow. And we, we got to about 30. 30. Yes, yes. It was filled there and people in the kitchen. And we sensed, okay, Lord, maybe you're doing something here. Maybe, maybe it's not just a glorified Bible study. It's, it's a church. And we, I did my best to discern that. I talked to Pastor Don. I talked to Pastor Lynn and others in the community. I said, hey, this is what I'm sensing God might be doing. What do you think? I need some counsel. And unanimously, they're like, okay, if that's what you believe, we're supportive of you. Let's see. And so I talked to this guy, and I shared the vision with that guy. And after they stopped that, <laughs> I said, they said, okay. And we started this uh, journey together. Our first service here was February 5th, 2010. Now, the, the quirky thing about that was we had started at Cindy's on Saturday nights, and we came here believing that God still wanted us to be on Saturday nights. Now, that breaks every rule in the church planting handbook. And I had heard, you can't do Saturday night service in Ojai. It always fails. That's why no churches do it around here. People are busy. They're tired. It's not going to work. But we believe that God said that's what we're supposed to do. So we did that. We came here. Pastor Lind and their congregation opened their doors. And we arrived. And we were here faithfully Saturday nights. I'll be honest with you, there's some Saturday nights where I have a real busy day, and I'm like, holy cow, we were doing church at this time. It was exhausting. And many of you, I will never forget how valiantly you struggled to stay awake. I knew you meant well. You were here. You're committed. But by golly, that birthday party just did you in earlier in the day. And we hung in there. You hung in here faithfully, and God grew you. God grew us. We started a series on foundations. October 2013, God says, okay, now it's time to go from Saturday night to Sundays. God opens the door because the Wesleyan Church moves their time to accommodate us. Huge! So by faith, we step out, and we're here. And we've been here since October 20th, 2013. And... It's his church building it his way. And many of you have come. See, unless you were at the very first one, you all have come at a certain point. And you have been welcomed. And you have been loved. And you have been taught. And you have been challenged, encouraged. But look where we are. Just take a quick look around. Right? It's a miracle. This is supernatural. This is supernatural, guys. Do not minimize this. Please do not. This is supernatural. And And... And I share all of this with you, okay? Uh, because we, we call ourselves a church family here. And sometimes as family, we switch into family mode. So, you remember how I said Peter just reacted? Remember that. Because we are in the process of seeking God's will, or OVCF, okay? And I'm just going to be honest with you, you know me. Here's where we are. 
Oh, he's sitting down. Here's where we are. And hear me out. (laughs) Um, Okay, so God's church celebrated, right? Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Um, Many of you know, and it was brought to our attention that uh, Pastor Tom Hatcher from Live Oak Christian Fellowship is retiring. He made that announcement to his congregation in December. Through a series of what we believe is just God-ordained circumstances, meetings, uh, we have developed a relationship with their elder board. And in discerning and prayer and counsel and really being sensitive to them because that church has been together for 12 years and their senior pastor is retiring. In fact, today, he's making it really official with them. In fact, he might have already done it. We have been meeting with them. We've met with them three times as elders. And we're trying to discern. We have shared our vision with them. This is, this is where they are. I want to share this with you. This is a statement they gave us. When did we meet? Friday. Here's what they're sharing with their congregation today. The elder board of Live Oak Christian Fellowship is in favor of actively pursuing the uniting of our church with Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. This will not change. We have shared our vision with them. We're a church that was made up of people who didn't have a church. They, the elders over there are not feeling called to bring a new senior pastor in. So essentially what you would have once he's gone is brothers and sisters in Christ with no church home. You know, of course, people will, will, will find their way, maybe visit. But because they have such hearts for their people, we, we engage in these conversations. And their heart for their people was to try to help their people find a church and to make this transition uh, as smooth as possible. They looked at our website. They looked at our statement of faith. We've had real honest discussions. And they believe that our church uh, is the best fit for their congregation to slide over and unite with us under our vision to join us. Okay? You can watch this church now. <laughs> now, now, here's where we are. Okay? And just, I want you got to be real clear because as soon as they're done and as you're done, this is Ojai, social media and the phones are going to blow up. So we're gonna, you're going to hear it from me. They are presenting that vision, that opportunity to their church today. Today. And then they have processes, protocols that they want to work through with their, with their people. We, everyone say we, are waiting to hear from them. Okay, for those of you who are like, woo, we're going to say it again. We are waiting to hear from them. Okay, so all the questions about how are, they're about our size, no, numerically. We don't know how many would come. I mean, that's just life. Let's just be real, right? Everyone has to make that decision. They're about our size. So you're looking like, how are they all going to fit in here? All right? That's a real question. But we are waiting to hear from them. So all the practical things uh, we have chosen not to go down just yet because they need to work that out. God may, for whatever reason, say, well, that was good that you went through the process, but that's not really it. See, this is, this is real life. This is how you do things with the Lord. You seek the Lord. You seek counsel. And then you wait. And you, you just sometimes we want to take huge steps. And God's like, that's enough. Just wait for me now. Just wait. So we're just waiting. Just so you know, you know, but, uh, I've shared with you before, we have an accountability board. That, that these, these guys are on the board. We're a three-person team here. But we also established on day one an accountability board uh, that holds me accountable. And these two guys can go to. Uh, there's a senior pastor in Colorado, senior pastor in Oceanside, a third godly guy who was in ministry with me but is in the private sector now. I communicated this opportunity to all of them, and they're like, awesome. Thumbs up. 
we're excited for you guys. We're so enthused because they know our history. They've been, they've been with us as a church since day one. Many of you just may not be aware of it. So we are waiting <laughs> to hear from them. <laughs> okay? That's just being real. I, I don't know what else to say. That, that's, to go beyond that would be to overstep. Well, what about? And what about? And what about? You know, God can do anything. This is a miracle. Now, the challenge for me, oh, this has been staring at me all day. <laughs> really? Whose church is this, Richie? Whose church is this? Because I'm like, Lord, really? <laughs> I love this. I lo- we got our hands full. This is awesome. And he's like, well, let me take you on a journey of what I've done and what what I may want to do, but because it's my church. You're just called to be faithful. And we're just called to be faithful. So we believe that it was being faithful to open the door, to have real conversation with them, and we've come to the step where we felt comfortable enough to say, sure, use our name over there. The reason I need to say this with you because they are going to use our name over there. They are going to use Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. They are handing out these over there. Okay? The practicality, the logistics, we don't, we don't, mm -hmm. pray for us. (laughs) Pray for us. But we're family. I wanted to share that vision, uh, where we're going. We're enthused. Um, We're already dreaming, if if it's of the Lord. But we're holding it like this, too. We're holding it like this, too. Remember, we've all heard the phrase, change is not easy. Well, okay, it's transformation, really. And control and where's your focus and all of that so finally before we take communion look at that uh, the back side of your notes there i put some verses that god really used this week to minister to my heart as i work through this and trying to get my mind right and my focus right biblically not just what i think how i feel right jesus says i will build my church think about this in acts 241 there were 3,000 people added in one day. Probably not the way you and I would have done it. What are we going to do? Ah! Right? It's happened in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You know what? We're all part of the body of Christ. We love OBCF, but this never, that's why Tyler prays what he does during offering. We're all part of the church, the big church. Amen? All right? Ephesians 4, 16. We all have a part to play. Many of you are already doing that in the fellowship hall, in this service. You have gifts. You're supposed to use them for the growth of the body. John 13, 34. Love one another. It's as simple as that. It's just loving. Like you were loved. And here's the verse we're going to close with before communion. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Could be a good memory verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. Everyone say, so that. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. How many of you walked through the doors of this church or through Cindy's front door and were comforted? Verse 4 says it, so that what? You now do the same. See, oftentimes... You know, as you should, the church, we're just be conduits. As you have been comforted, if you, unless you were there day one, at some point you were comforted, welcomed, loved into this fellowship. So that you can do the same. So that you can do the same. That's the way it is now. There's, there's people here that are new and still trying to sort out this is it. Come! The process doesn't, isn't contingent on them. We do it every week. Amen? We do it every week. You guys go crazy in meet and greet because you're, you're loving and you're affirming and all that, okay? So, one more time. We are waiting to hear from them. Okay. So, be patient. Wait. I share that with you, but now let's go all the way back. What about control issues in your life? Oh, man, I was hoping he didn't know the church stuff, right? Where's God challenging you with who's on the throne? 
When, when, in what area of your life you're like, never, Lord? Where are you being challenged? The diatheke relationship. His goodness, His desire for metamorphosis in you. Where, where do you have to surrender and submit personally? And the greatest example of that is who? Jesus. Remember Jesus in the garden? Oh, Father, if there's any way this can pass. He's talking about torture, death, brutal, brutal pain. If there's any way this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Yielded. Yielded. Nevertheless. What error in your life is it an issue of control and you got to this morning say, nevertheless. Amen. Shai, you can put the screen down. Let's pray. We're going to um, come up for communion. You can take the cups and go back to your seats. You can come and uh, just take communion at, at your pace and we'll, uh, we'll do that. Lord, we thank You that from Your Word this morning we are reminded that You are Lord. We are reminded that You are good all the time. And Lord, we're even reminded that this is Your church and You're building it in Your way, in Your timing. And as we, as we now take communion, we're reminded that Jesus had a moment where He said, Nevertheless, not My will, but Your will be done. And Lord, those areas in our life where we're battling for control and who's in charge, perhaps in this time of communion it would be a time of surrender, a time of confession, a time of repentance and saying, Lord, in the best way I know how I'm going to yield this to You. I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm a little nervous. But I know I need to yield all areas of my life. And if you're here this morning and you've never yielded your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith in Him. So in the best way you know how, put your faith in Christ as a Savior of the world and as your Savior. Just trust Him for your salvation and what He did at Calvary. And so, Father, we uh, come forward, we take the cups in remembrance of Jesus, but also as a time of prayer and reflection for Him for those areas in our life where we need to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen.